at your own risk. Welcome back to Hell on Heels podcast. I'm Bryce. I'm Amanda. And hello. Hi. How's it going? Oh, I still can't go that hot pitched yet. One day. Well, soon. It's only been a day since we last recorded, so. Yeah, we've been busy. <laughs> We're getting caught up, especially because I have a cruise I'm going on and ain't no one disturbing me on that cruise. I still love the fact that, like, you could get the internet, but you didn't specifically so nobody can disturb you. I love it. Expensive. It's so expensive. I'm not spending that type of money for internet when I'm on vacation. Like, I've got my phone. It can go on airplane mode. I can take pictures. It's fine. I don't need anything else. Well, on top of that, like, why are you going on a cruise if you're just going to, like, stay on your phone at the same time? So I get it. I hear there's a bunch of stuff to do at cruises, like slides and booze and stuff. We might not be doing a lot of booze, but there's slides and pools and ice cream. I heard there's a lot of ice cream. There's so much ice cream. And last time we went, there was so much pizza. We literally did ice cream and pizza like the entire cruise last time we went, which was like years ago. That sounds like absolute heaven. And I want to go on a cruise, if nothing else, for the food. Oh, it's so good. Like their breakfast granted i'm not a breakfast person so it's uh, this is coming from the wrong person but the <laughs> breakfast is fine like it's nothing too special because it's like the buffet style but those dinners man they get you um i want to go on a cruise just for the food um that's what we do at the fair anyway we go just to eat and it's a good time it's one and a, you know we got a caricature one year but mainly the turkey legs why wouldn't you go for food I don't know. Maybe people are watching their weight. I'm watching my plate. Um, I am watching my weight. I'm still going for food. I'm actually going for adventure. Because we're swimming with the dolphins. That's, that sounds fun, but I'm the kind of person that is terrified that I'm going to get attacked and dragged underwater and sexually assaulted by a dolphin. Even though my dad doesn't believe that that's a thing? Okay, look. Google is a thing. I'm just telling you, my father argued with us about dolphins being sexual predators. You know what? I had blocked that out of my mind, but that is a real thing. It is a real thing. It doesn't happen, like, often, but it happens enough. Right. Well, the good news that I have, I've got less than a month. Who's going to watch the dogs? Your parents? Uh, my mom is watching the little one, and then Cody's mom is going to watch the two big ones. Oh, she gets a... um. A sibling weekend? Week? Week. She's a sibling week. Yeah, Maisie gets to play with Pina and her parents all week. Even though I'm her real mother, it's fine. She's just going for visitation, <laughs> that's all. That's fine. We allow visitation rights. I've got a. oh, I should probably order some toys as a thank you for everyone for watching my dogs. That's a good idea. I like that idea. Chewy really loves when I um, start ordering shit. And the dogs just immediately get excited when they see the boxes. Oh, every time. They see a chewy <laughs> box and they're like, is this, is this what I think? Or is this just our normal food shipment? At this point, they can just read. They know what chewy means and it means me. It's the blue label. And even at that, there are times where I open a box and their faces are in it, whether it's chewy or not. And they're just hopeful. <laughs> like, is this, is this for me? No? Clothes? Why'd you get more clothes, mom? But. Literally, my dogs, every time we go grocery shopping, well, now my dogs and my child, they're all just in the kitchen on the floor going through the bags. 
they gotta know what's for them to try to get them things so they're not far off try every time but there are days where i'm like yeah let's get the dog something but mm-hmm. not very often not every time either i'm not made of money you're not uh-uh you were no i oh. just like deal with it all the time no. oh okay okay anyways um that's my only news i have Oh, I did get, you know how yesterday I was showing you the, um, I, I showed Amanda some of the swimsuits and clothes that I bought. I got those mm-hmm. today and they're just as cute as they were in the pictures. I'm really, I don't know why I'm relieved. I guess I'm just relieved for you. On my path. Yeah. I'm, I am. I'm, because it's just, it's, it's scary ordering stuff offline sometimes. Mm, oh, yes. Every single time I order online, I just stress. But I also... Because I'm so freaked out about something not fitting, I will take my measurements every single time and then read the item description and make sure I get the right size. Well, you're like a, like a whole ass adult. I'm so OCD. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not sending this back for one. Cause that's more work on me Two, I just want my clothes to fit. But yeah, I just throw caution to the wind and be like, I'm probably a medium. I just throw things in there. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, that's all. So you don't have, do you have anything else from yesterday or any other updates? I, I do. I don't think I mentioned it yesterday, uh, but I'm about to have a one-year-old. Oh my gosh, you are. What I happened? It before we started recording, but her birthday's just around the corner. It is Thursday. She'll be one. Uh, we're going to have a birthday party this weekend at her grandma's. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. Also, I work this weekend, so it's going to be a busy weekend. Yeah, because not only because we already talked about it a little bit, but Mm -hmm. the day of her birthday, you're going to work, do her birthday Mm -hmm. party. And then when you're done with her birthday party, we're going to do a game night. Yeah, I'm going to be tired. I think I might. Yeah, but with the game we're playing, it'll be a lot of fun. So for anyone that wants to see our game nights. We are going to be playing, I think we decided on the Untitled Goose Game. We've never played it before. Actually, that's not true. I've played it a little bit. And I'm super excited because we can do two-player on it and really go be geese and just mess with everyone. But if you want to see that nonsense, that'll be posted on our Patreon. So that'll be the Patreon special for November. So excited. Yes, we're so excited. So we're that's Patreon. Um, so if you do want to contribute to our Patreon, you guys can go onto Patreon, search for Hell on Heels podcast, um, and you'll find us there. It's also linked on our link tree, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the things. Um, our Twitter is at Hell on Heels pod, our Instagram, Facebook, everything else, Hell on Heels podcast. And then we also have our Discord up and going. So if you want to join us on Discord and we can all just bullshit together, that's a great place for bullshittery to happen. So join us on our Discord. Again, that's linked on all the things. If you want to have us add you or have issues being added on Discord, or if you just want to email us with suggestions, or if you have a story of your own, whatever it may be, you can email us at um, hellonheelspodcast at gmail.com. And then I think that's it. That was like a perfect transition. Yeah, that was like, that almost <laughs> felt planned. It, it wasn't planned. I just, I took the opportunity. I like it regardless. But do you want to shout out our the region we're talking about today, our new listeners? I do, because it's 
pretty exciting. I think, I don't know. I'm, I just think stuff is exciting, I guess. But we have at least one new listener in Croatia. Croatia, welcome to the madness. And of course, I had to Google Croatia and educate myself. And your girl likes food. So apparently, they are very well known for black risotto there. I freaking love risotto. Never had risotto. I don't think I've ever had risotto. It is, oh my God, it's so good. I, I mean, I don't really know why. It's just rice, <laughs> basically. But the way it's cooked and... James is just a good cook, so whatever he put in it, I don't know. I don't care. I'm putting it in my face hole. But apparently, it is black because they use squid ink. Oh, that's kind of fun. I've wanted right? to do something with squid ink. I've always wanted to know what that tastes like. I've had squid, yeah. but never the squid's ink. Me too. So, I, I don't know. Croatia, let us know. We were so adamant on figuring out. So, the map that shows us where our listeners are, it sucks. Like, it showed Horrible. us cities, but not the country you were in. And we're American. We barely know our 50 states locations, you know? So adding in Europe, that was really rough. I had to Google map it and then compare locations. It was very rough. So we were committed to figuring out who our new listener in that area was. And it was you guys in Croatia. So thank you guys. It was a little scavenger hunt for us, but we really appreciate you guys. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening. And on Thanks that for note, being there. Yeah. On that note, I heard you have a story. Yeah. I hate it. I hate her. Let's get into it. Okay. Cool, cool. So this week, I'm going to tell you about Elizabeth Diane Downs. She was born August 7th, 1955, in Phoenix, Arizona, to a postal worker named Wesley Linden and his wife, Willadine Fredrickson. Willadine is the sweetest name. I, I love that name. I think it's so precious. It's one of those old time names. Just envision like a grandma. Like white haired, poofy. Just super sweet walking around with her little purse and her cane. Always the beaded purse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's got like thick Willadine energy and I'm here for it. Ditto. So... Willadine and Wesley, they raised Elizabeth, Diane, in a strict conservative household. And she would later say that she, she hated her dad's lectures. Um, he had very strict rules. And she said that she hated the power that he held over her mother. And she actually complained that he spent way too much time with my mom. And my mom spent no time with her so she's jealous of her dad being with her mom or vice um, versa? yeah that's kind of what it felt like she made it seem like she just didn't have like the love and affection that a child needs from their mother whether that's true and or believable i can't tell you that's up for you to decide i personally don't know if i believe that and i never found anything like corroborating that or proving it so basically what I'm hearing is she's, this is her, her account of her childhood. Okay. Mm -hmm. Diane would also later say, again, I could never find this, that her father sexually abused her when she was 12 and he just molested her. He would touch her um, 
she claimed that he would take her out to the desert and force her to undress when nobody was around. Things like that. And she actually mentioned this in her testimony way on down the line when she's in court. So that's, again, why I just have trouble believing this woman. If this did happen, I'm sorry, but it's just hard to believe. She would also claim that at the age of 13, she tried to cut her wrists. She did not try to kill herself, per se, but she did she did cut herself. So at 14 was when a lot of sources said that she kind of started rebelling and she moved away from her parents' conservative values that she had up until that time went along with. And she dropped Elizabeth Diane from her name and she started by going by just Diane. She graduated from Moon Valley High School in Phoenix where she met Stephen Downs. And after school, Steve joined the Navy and Diane enrolled at the Public Coast Baptist Bible College in California. And even though her and Steve were still together and they were trying to do this long distance, Diane was not faithful to Steve. And she was actually so unfaithful that after a year in the community college, she was expelled for promiscuous behavior, which just seems dumb. I don't think a college should be able to stop your schooling behavior exactly but if it's a private school they can i still think that's messed up like just let her do her thing she's not hurting anybody she's just okay well that's wrong she's probably hurting steve but if the woman wants to sleep around let her sleep around but if it's a church-based or a religious-based school and they are a private school they have a right to hold their values and like uphold that for the students as well as part of the student code of conduct Okay. Yeah, you have a point. This is me going to a not religious college. Yeah, I wouldn't do that, but that's just me. After she left school, she moved back in with her parents. And like I said, she was still dating Steve. Her parents did not like Steve. For whatever reason, they did not approve of him. But he and Diane eloped and got married in November of 1973. So she was 17 or 18 years old. I believe she was 18, but I saw differing accounts. Do you know what day in November? I didn't write it down, but I want to say it was November 13th. Oh, so today would be their anniversary. Whoa. Be right around their anniversary. Okay. I got to double check to make sure because that's, that's kind of creepy. Yeah, November 13th, 1973. Ah, it's their anniversary! Yeah, I totally did that on purpose. Totally. That was planned. 100%. Now, Diane would, she would later say that she didn't love Steve. She married him to get away from her family and to have children. She also claimed that Steve was as dominating as her father. And she continued to cheat on Steve throughout their marriage. And she even, a couple times, she would take the kids and move back in with her parents. But they always seemed to rekindle and get back together. Their first daughter was born in 1974, Christy. And Diane described Christy as the first good friend she ever had. Just feels a little weird to me. 
good friend. How old is she at this point again? 18, 19, 20, 21? In 74, she's, what is that, 19? She's born in 55. Yeah, she's right around there, yeah. Mm-hmm. She also, um, this. she said that Christy was the first person to ever really just plain love her. And she, like, she always maintained, even she does have more children, Christy was her favorite child. She was very open about that. You're not supposed to play favorites. No. Mm-mm. Which, later on, um, I don't think she was, yeah, if she was your favorite, what's wrong with you? Um, so in 1976, two years later, she gave birth to Cheryl. And all I could find of Diane describing Cheryl was she called her a colicky child. Does that mean? That I think it's mean um but apparently cheryl just she suffered from colic a lot as a child but like that's, that's all you remember he- that's a health condition what like yeah like you don't remember anything else of your child okay in 1978 the family moved to mesa arizona her son diane's son stephen daniel downs or danny was born in 1979 and this caused a lot of tension in the family because Danny was the product of an affair with a co-worker. Diane had become pregnant a third time after Cheryl was born, but according to Diane herself, she had aborted the child and later regretted the decision and wanted to make amends for what she had done wrong. Her husband, Steve, had had a vasectomy, so she got together with a co-worker and had another child oh um you're not supposed to do that vasectomies are reversible yeah like maybe just talk to your husband maybe he didn't want another child that wasn't clear it was said that this was kind of his last straw because she had been cheating on him this whole time and now she's just straight up fathering a child with another man but from everything i read steven did accept that child as his own oh so he's like a really good person yes i just want to point out it's really messed up that diane downs fathered this child with another man but named the child after her husband that's got to be hard on her husband because you think about it and he's like it's not even my child and he's she's naming it after me which all right fine whatever but Mm -hmm. kind of feels like insult to injury yeah And he's being so good. He's accepting this child. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure he didn't do it just just for her or just because. I'm sure he did it for the girls being like, all right, the girls don't need to go through this and they don't need to see. see He does later. Yeah, he he seems like a good guy to me. I'm sure, you know, we make mistakes and I don't know what happened in that marriage, but it was obviously not the happiest. Um, But in an interview. I think it was um, like a 2020 interview. He said that Diane was just horrible with the children. She was not a good mom. She liked at least the oldest one. She liked being pregnant. And she liked being a mother because of what she got from her kids 
but from what I, what I read, it didn't seem like she liked the work that comes with being a mother. Does that make sense? Yeah, but why does she keep having kids then? Oh, that... Well, I have an answer for that question, but it's going to come way later on. And oh, okay. Looking... Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. So... Steve and Diane, as I said, they did eventually divorce in 1980. It, this was about a year after Danny was born. Diane started immediately trying to be a surrogate to supplement income after her divorce. But from what I read twice, she failed the psychiatric exams. Uh, a little concerned because she might not give me back the baby. Um. One of the things I read said that she seemed, I think it was innocent, but psychotic. Somewhere around in there. Definitely psychotic. She's reminding me of, oh God, um, Puentes. What's her first? Dorothea Puentes. Dorothea Puente. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what she's like. She's a sweet little, little lady, but she's very twisted. Oh yeah. She's, she is maniacal. Okay. Luckily, she's not smart, in my opinion. Okay. She did get a job as a postal worker in 1981. And not long after that, she was chosen as a surrogate. And later that year, she gave birth to a baby girl on May 8th, 1982. From everything I read, she did, like, willingly and pretty easily. She gave this child away. She actually did a story on it. For the Washington Post, they interviewed her and she talked about how good it made her feel and how as soon as the daughter was born, she looked at it and she didn't think of the daughter. She thought of the mother and how she was able to give this gift to this man and woman who couldn't have a child on their own. And it like reading the article, it sounded it sounded like a nice woman with a good heart. Uh, she made 10 grand off of it. I don't know if that. It might have something to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to say because I know surrogates get, you know, I know surrogates get paid and I'm not saying that they shouldn't because that's a lot of work. It's a nine-month commitment. Yeah. I just have trouble trusting this woman. While she was working at the post office, she met a man named Robert Knickerbocker. And she, most people refer to him as Nick. Is that not a great name? I see you laughing. Robert Knickerbocker? Dick Knickerbocker? Like, I thought that was only a name in, like, stories and nursery rhymes and stuff. It's like the, jo uh, what is it? John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. His name is my name, too. Exactly. We gotta make a Knickerbocker poem or something. A little Knickerbocker jingle. But I'll think on it. Diane became obsessed <laughs> with this man's. He was married. Um... Him and his wife were separated, and allegedly he told Diane that he would leave his life and marry her, but he did not want children. She's already got kids. Uh-huh. So, like, stop if you're not going anywhere in this relationship. Um, but Diane was not taking no for an answer. She showed up at his house. Um, he thoroughly believed that Diane would kill his wife if it meant that he would marry her. Oh. She basically just went kind of wild. Um, showed up at his house and um, I'll say verbally assaulted his wife. 
She was very much in love. Oh, no. I don't know that that's love. I, if it is, it's, it's not healthy. That seems very obsessive. Mm-hmm. She eventually, uh, sometime after he told her, basically, hey, this is not going to happen. You have kids. And he did the best he could to put an end to it. She, Diane, got a transfer at work and she moved to Oregon to be closer to her parents. And she kind of mentioned in multiple interviews, she was hoping that he would follow her there. So she was writing letters to him every day. And eventually they started coming back as unread. And she still wrote letters to him every day. She just didn't mail them. Ma'am, he is not interested. She also kept a photograph of the two of them, like, framed in her living room. You're taking it a bit far. It's, it's starting to feel like... Stalkerish. Yeah. <laughs> Funny you said that, because he does later tell police, like, she was stalking him. And he was glad that she moved to Oregon because when she did, he took that time to rekindle his relationship with his wife. And from what I could find, they're they're either still together or they lived happily ever after, him and his wife. Oh, so he was like, listen, you're not as crazy as I thought, honey. Please, let's rekindle our relationship. I don't really know how that happened, honestly. Because I feel like you know, people make mistakes, stuff happens, we go through strife. But if if James had an affair and his his woman showed up on my port threatening bodily harm to me, that's going to be hard to get past. Oh, bye. That's going to take a lot of therapy. That's going to take a lot of, um, a lot of something. Mm-hmm. So maybe he and his wife were meant to be and that was just a little bump in the road. A, a speed table, if you will. So May 19th, 1983, Diane was driving home from a friend's house with eight-year-old Christy, seven-year-old Cheryl, and three-year-old Danny. She left her friend's house at about 9.30 that night, and she decided to take the longer scenic route home. And she later tells police that it's because her and her children, they just like driving and appreciating the scenery. I think I know what story this is. Oh, you do. I okay. Um, as she's driving al- along this rural, rural, oh my God, rural, rural, rural. Thanks. That rural. rural. Yeah, there you go. You yeah. got it. Okay. Jesus. I know you're not taking that out. Oh, of course not. <laughs> so she's driving along this rural road and this bushy-haired stranger just is in the middle of the road he's waving his arms and she said it seemed like he needed help so she pulls over with her three young children on this random dark road in the late pretty late at night i mean to me if you have three young kids 9 30 10 o'clock at night that's late i i can't imagine being out and about and oh it might be a weekend i don't know what i don't know what the day of the week but like school night hell no they're gonna be in bed Mm -hmm. i mean maybe it was a weekend and but i still feel like that's that's pretty late yeah especially when you add in that 
you're just gonna stop for a stranger on the on the side of the road mm-hmm. also though you this was in the, what the 90s right 80s 80s this is also a very different time like i feel like us if i see someone broke down on the side of the road sorry i can't stop and help you especially if i'm alone yeah like like i might i'll call you know non-emergency or something try to get you some help but i'm sorry i'm not stopping i'm not stopping to help you but -hmm. i think that also might be an indicator of the times whereas Mm -hmm. in the 80s they were much more likely to stop and help someone on the side of the road yeah um no, I agree with you on that, like, serial killers, stuff like, it was just, like you said, a different time. I mean, in 83, people, I think, just stopped hitchhiking a couple of years back. Wasn't it the right. 70s? That was still, like, super popular. That's what you do. You graduate high school and you hitch a ride with a stranger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, she does pull over and she gets out of the car to talk to the man and all of a sudden he pulled a gun on her and demanded her car keys. And Diane tells police she responded, you have got to be kidding me. The man was not kidding her. Diane, when you, if there is a gun out, you cooperate. Even though I know the truth of the story, but you cooperate. It's in your, it's in your best interest. Yeah. Just maybe tell them like, Hey, there's some kids in there. You don't want some kids with you. Can I just get those back? Just get them out. And then you can take my car. The children yeah. that are in the car, so they're not traumatized. Well, after after this, Diane claims that her and the man got into an altercation when he shot her in the left arm before opening the driver's side door and shooting all three children. After this happened, Diane told police she pretended to throw the car keys into a nearby bush, and when the man went to look for him, she jumped into the car and sped off toward Mackenzie Williamette Hospital. I don't see this man just not shooting her, too. Like, how dare you throw these car keys? Well, he he did. He shot her in the arm. Uh, But uh, from what she claimed, he was, like, in that bush. Like, he was busy. And she just got in the car so fast that she didn't even shut the door. She claimed that the, the door shut on its own as she sped away. Amanda, he was in that bush. He was in it. He was <laughs> the bush. Um, so the nurses and the staff at Mackenzie Willamette Hospital, they would later go on to say that Diane just, she pulled wildly into, it, I think the word was careened, into the emergency drop-off. She's laying on the horn and she gets out and she's pointing wildly at her car and she's just screaming repeatedly, somebody shot my kids. This 100% sounds like, this sounds like something I would do. Like a panicked mother. Like, exactly. It sounds like a panicked mother. Because they even said that she said somebody shot my kids so many times, it was like she didn't know any other words. That was just all she kept screaming. One staff member immediately called police while nurse and nurses rushed to the car. One child was in the front and two were in the back seat, and the car was covered in blood. The children were covered in blood, and all three children also had powder burns showing that they were shot at very close proximity. Cheryl, who had been in the front seat, was pronounced dead upon arriving at the hospital. Christy lived, but she suffered massive blood loss. She had a stroke 
and she was sent to surgery where her heart stopped multiple times. Danny, he was also in a dangerous condition. He was paralyzed. Sources vary. Um, some sources say he was paralyzed from the waist down. Some sources say he was paralyzed from the chest down. But he, uh, he, was, he spent the rest of his life in a wheelchair. Police were skeptical, skeptical from the minute they interviewed Diane. They said that she was just eerily calm and sensible. And one detective referred to her as very rational, considering what she had undergone. Wait, but did she just pull into the hospital like a bat out of hell, freaking out? Yes. So she flipped a switch where she's all of a sudden super calm and sensible, but... Mm-hmm. And it was noted by detectives that not long after she got to the hospital, she made a phone call to a man in Arizona, and it was not her ex-husband. They believe that it was Nick or Knickerbocker. Knickerbocker. I'm still trying to think of a rhyme for him, but I can't. Nick Knickerbocker balking at his wife. I don't know. You you got something. You're on to something. Keep going. Stay on that road. Okay, I will stay on that road. And like, I I kind of see where they're coming from with this. I did want to say because I like nowadays, it's I think it's more well known. Like people grieve in different ways. Um, Diane did later explain her behavior by saying she wasn't allowed to cry as a child. She wasn't allowed to show her emotions. And she was always very prideful in the way that she looked, both with her appearance and with the way that she acted. Again, this is, you know, I, I can't say that I would act like that, but I've never been in this situation. So it's easy for me to say that. Right. When given the news of her children, she was said to have taken it with grace when personnel expected hysterics. When Danny, when she was told that Danny had a chance of surviving, she responded with, do you mean the bullet missed his heart? Gee whiz. Gee whiz. Gee golly. Golly, what a shock. Oh my. That just, I don't feel like gee whiz was ever like really something someone said. I think that's just. I don't see even our like the elderly group, like the baby boomers, and I don't see them going, gee whiz. I I don't see it. That only happens, I feel like, in Scooby Doo. In movies. Yeah. What oh well, no, I guess for them it was what, Jeepers? Jinkies. Jinkies, yeah. But you know, like I don't feel like that. I don't know, our older generation that listen, you guys can correct me, but did you actually ever say gee whiz? Outside of church and school? In any format. I'm just very confused. Uh, This wasn't the only weird thing that she said. The doctor who treated Diane vividly remembered her making comments like, boy, this has really spoiled my vacation. And that really ruined my new car. I got blood all over the back of it. You got blood all over the back of it? Fuck off. Like, ma'am. This is the least of Of your your, worries. Like, you've got bigger problems. Understandably, people freaked out because they're like, who could possibly shoot three babies 
and just, I guess, go on about your way. So as soon as this broke out, people were terrified. This Bushman, man in a ghillie suit, whatever the hell he is, I, he's just out there walking around, a danger to society. So police investigated Christy while she was in intensive, I'm sorry, police investigated while Christy was in intensive care. And they very quickly, um, like stuff just, it got worse. It's snowballing for Diane here. Because they do take Diane back to the scene. They're asking her, you know, show them where it happened. And this was that same night, like as both of her children, I believe, were in intensive care in the hospital. Yeah, she couldn't even see them at the time. The doctors are just working on trying to get them stable. And police ask them to take her back. One, because they're, they're, you know, little light bulbs, something's not right here. And two, because they need to know where to search. She takes them back. She shows them exactly where everything happened, where the car was parked. And the whole time, she's just, she's okay. She's not really seeming upset. Later on, they ask her to reenact the scene. And they do video it. And you can see her, you know what I'm talking about now. You can see her in the video before the reenactment actually starts. She's in the background sitting in the car, just primping her hair in the rearview mirror and touching up her, you know, making sure her makeup looks good. She's getting ready to, she's making sure she looks good while she reenacts this horrific accident. And she has her arm in a sling. And at one point she gets in and she's, Telling investigators and the cameraman everything that happened. And she gets in the car and she's just in a great mood. She's laughing. She bumps her elbow and she just kind of laughs about it. And she's like, oh, that hurt almost as bad as when I... And she just stopped. Police and investigators, they still, to this day, believe that she was going to say that hurt almost as bad as when I shot myself. And she just caught herself and didn't say it. Yeah. While um, while Christy and Danny were in intensive care, they were, Diane was originally allowed to see them once they got a little better and they got stable. And multiple nurses and investigators were there the first time she went in to see Christy. And multiple people described Diane as being devoid of warmth. And she was, she was telling Christy that she loved her, but they said she was doing it through clenched teeth, which just, that's terrifying. That's the scariest thing. I, I can't even you're, imagine. If you're going to tell me that you love me, please don't do it through clenched teeth because that's terrifying. That's so. Like, I love you. Like, that doesn't sound good. That, that sounds sound very good. threatening. Yes. To me as an adult, and this, this is an eight-year-old girl. They also made note of the heart rate monitor. One nurse said that she noticed it spike from 104 to 147 upon Diane taking Christy's hand. So her heart rate is going crazy. And they said that she has this. This is Christy's heart rate, right? Yes. Okay. They noticed it on the monitor. The her heart rate spiked and she has on like a, a mask to help her breathe. And they said that you could 
She's so little, the mask takes up so much of her face, but her eyes, you could see above the mask, just look terrified. So after this happened, the DA's staff ordered 24-hour guards for the children and a child, child psychologist to stay with Christy every day during the day. And this child psychologist, they, they were really patient. They did wonders with her. And they actually did help her over time overcome her fear. And she was able to talk about what happened finally. Meanwhile, while this is going on, Diane took every opportunity to talk to the press. I read in one source that she she never turned down a reporter. Every time they come up to her, she was like, yep, let's talk. Let's do an interview. And the more she talked, the deeper she, she dug her grave. Not only with investigators and reporters, but this is being broadcast. So even the public is hearing her say these things, and I have a couple of them, and they're just like, that's... How can you be like that as a mother? Because he's a crackhead. <sighs> One of the things she said in an interview, and these are, they're out there. They're on YouTube. She said, why would I have taken my kids to the hospital? Why wouldn't I have made sure they were dead and cried crocodile tears in response to people believing that she did this herself? And another one was her saying that People oftentimes tell her she's lucky because she kind of, you know, she got out with a broken arm. Yeah, her arm's broken. But she said in that interview that she wasn't lucky to have survived. Her kids were the lucky ones because they wouldn't remember what happened. They didn't have to live through it. What do you mean? Like, they, what? Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. And then the final one I wanted to mention, she said that on the way to the hospital, the whole time she was praying to God and she was just saying, God, if they have to die, let them die. Don't make them suffer. That's opposite of what you would typically ask for. Like your loved one is injured. You're typically going, please, please help them make it through this. Like, like that's not, you don't ask for them to die. Like they're right. babies. They, they have their whole lives ahead of them. This is just a small, like, yeah, it's horrific, mm -hmm. but but we're we're talking about babies. Yeah, like I I get the you know don't let them suffer, but how about like don't let them remember this? Don't how about like help them pull through so they yes. can live a happy, full, healthy life. And the, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Like people, people are kind. The more she talks. People are just side-eyeing harder and harder. During one of the police interviews, she does give police permission to search her home. And they find 22 caliber shells that match 22 caliber shells at the scene of the crime. They ask Diane about this. And Diane tells police she has never owned a gun. Police are like, okay, cool. So you just got bullets at your house for no reason. Bullshit. Well, they quickly find that it was bullshit after they talk to Knickerbocker and Steve Downs, and both men tell police Diane had a 22 caliber pistol. To this day, that gun has never been found. Hold on. Knickerbocker bocking on Downs. 
Oh, I like that. I Everybody got... should bog on downs. <laughs> Throughout the course of the investigation, police, uh, they interviewed Diane a couple times. And now um, she changes her story. And she claims that it was not one man that attacked her. It was two men in masks. And they actually called her by name. And they even made mention to a rose tattoo that she had on her back that she claimed not many people knew about. And she even told Knickerbocker about this in a taped phone call. And she told him that she believed her ex-husband had hired a hitman. And that is what happened in this whole situation. So now it's her ex-husband's fault. He hired hitmen to, I guess, take her out. Oh, okay. Sure, 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 sure. While all this uh, rigmarole is happening, forensics went to work on Diane's car. They found bullets. Or, I'm sorry, they found no bullets had penetrated the car, which means every single bullet that was fired hit its target. They also found, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the 22 caliber shells that they found in her house. They had found spent casings in the vehicle, and those matched the ones in her house. Blood was smeared on the side door of the front seat. And police believe that this indicated that Cheryl had most likely tried to escape. Blood had pulled in the back seat where Danny and Christy had been. There were no blood stains or smears on the driver's side or on the steering wheel. And police believe this was really weird because it is, you know, you bang your knee. What's the first thing you do? You, you grab your knee or you hit your funny bone. You grab your funny bone. So they said that it's reflex to, you know, hold yourself, especially when you've been shot. So if she had been shot in her left arm, she should have instinctively grabbed that. And when she went to drive off, there should have been blood somewhere on the steering wheel, even, you know, dripping into the seat. Right. That didn't happen um, because when Diane showed up to the hospital, her arm was wrapped in a towel. What? Uh-huh. She had taken the time to, it actually said precariously wrapped in a towel, while her three children bled out. Yeah, I would have let my arm bleed. Like, I'm on my way to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Finally, gunpowder particles found in the vehicle showed that the gun was fired from the driver's seat. Witnesses also came forward to report that a car he believed to be Diane Downs, she drove, uh, I think it was a, a little red, I don't remember, but it was a little red car. I want to say Mazda. To drive a Mazda. Pick something else. Uh, it was a red car. I don't want it to be a red car. Pick something else. Oh, well, I can't help you there. It was a red car. Well, the issue is, is that I drive a red Mazda and I don't want to have that mojo. So this witness came forward and he said he saw a car that night that matched the description of Diane's. And he remembered this because this car was not speeding. She had told police that she, uh, I think the exact words was 
drove like a maniac. She sped so fast. He said that she was going so slow. It was between five and seven miles an hour. I have no comment. So the state obviously took custody of the children. Good. And Diane was no longer allowed to see them. She was arrested on February 28th, 1984, and she was charged with murder, two counts of attempted murder, and criminal assault. The trial lasted 31 days, and this is one of the most widely covered murder trials in Oregon history. Downs was seen, again, her hair was nice, her makeup was done, she was dressed very nicely. She waved and smiled to cameras and reporters as she entered the courtroom every day. Um, and she was also about eight or nine months pregnant. So I was about to ask about that because I saw that she was pregnant in one of the pictures, like very mm -hmm. obviously pregnant. Yep. And she told the media, everybody saw this and they were pissed. The exact opposite of what she was going for. Prosecutors believe she did this because she wanted people to see her as like, well, this woman's pregnant. Obviously she loves kids. She would never do this. Diane Downs told the media, I'm sorry, I hate this. I got pregnant because I miss Christy and I miss Danny and I miss Cheryl so much. I'm never going to see Cheryl on earth again. And I just, you can't replace children, but you can replace the effect they give you. And they give me love. They give me satisfaction. They give me stability. They give me a reason to live and a reason to be happy. And that's gone. They took it from me. I mean, you shot them. Mm-hmm. You, you took your children away. What, what do you mean? Like, I'm, they give you a reason to live. Yeah, you shot them. And that was the other thing. Like I told you, that's, that's why she liked being <sighs> pregnant. Because she believed it gave her life meaning. But once the child was here, she just liked what they could do for her. What they gave her. She also went on to say, I hate this woman so much. Um, it was easy to have children. She told a reporter that she knew her cycle so well. She knew the exact day that she needed to sleep with this man in order to get pregnant. Damn. Fuck you lady listen i'm saying fuck you for multiple reasons like first of all that's very manipulative like mm -hmm. you being able to say i know when i'm ovulating and i know when i'm going to sleep with this man to get pregnant like yeah you're very blessed and you're very fertile that's great but you don't have to use that as a weapon no during the trial the prosecution argued that diane had shot her children to be free of them so she could continue her affair with knickerbocker Diane testified. Didn't want her. He doesn't. He didn't want her. He, um, I read something. It was either a Reddit or it was during an interview. Uh, y'all really, this woman just loves interviews. Um, the attention. That's probably why she likes being pregnant, is because she gets the attention from being pregnant, and then when she has the baby, the attention shifts from her to said baby, and so that that then effectively ruins her whole life or whatever she wants to say honestly i feel like you just nailed it she did testify in her own defense and she told the court that she loved her three children and she would never do anything to hurt them um her fate was sealed when now nine-year-old christy downs took the stand 
She worked for months, not only to regain her ability to speak because she did have a stroke, but she also worked with the child psychiatrist, like I had told you, to overcome her fear. And she told the court what she remembered that night. She recalled the song Hungry Like the Wolf had been playing in the car. So the prosecution played the song during the trial, and Diane was just grooving, nodding her head, tapping her foot. Just. You know what? In her defense, it's a good song. It, it is. is a good song. It's a great song. It is. It's a, it's a bop. Okay. But. Read the room. Not defending her at all. I'm just saying it is a good song. It is a good song. I hope I don't think of this case when I hear it. Oh, you will. Shut up. For a few weeks, at least. God. So. Prosecutor Frederick A. Hugie. He finally asked her. Who shot you? And Christy replied, my mom. She told the court that she remembered her mother stopping the car on a rural road. Diane got out and got something from the trunk before coming back to the car. Christy said that she remembers hearing the trunk close. And then a few seconds later, she watched her mother shoot Cheryl before leaning over the seat and shooting Danny as he slept. Diane's lawyer argued that Christy saw Downs through the rear window as she had stepped away from the attacker and that her daughter's memory had been just warped by the trauma. Regardless, on June 14, 1984, a jury of nine women and three men found Diane unanimously guilty on all charges after they deliberated for 36 hours. Diane gave birth between the verdict and the sentencing. They actually had to put a pause on it to allow her to give birth to a little girl who she named Amy. Oregon immediately took the baby girl, and the father did not want anything to do with her, so she was adopted into a family, and that family did change her name. I'm not going to add her name because these kids have been through enough. I, I love that the family changed her name and I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I mean, to give her, to give Diane Downs any sense of motherhood over this child, mm-hmm. to be able to say, I named this child. No, take that shit yeah. away from her. She doesn't deserve children. I completely agree. Diane was sentenced to life plus 50 years for using a firearm. And the judge told her. The court hopes the defendant will never again be free. I've come as close to that as possible. Diane Downs, uh, she's still in prison. She has been denied parole multiple times. And she has maintained her innocence while in prison. Probably why you were denied parole, but I don't care because you're dumb and you're a horrible person. Christy and Danny, this is a good little part. Um... Chrissy and Danny were adopted in 1986. They went to the same family. They were adopted by the prosecutor and his wife. That is so sweet. I love that. I even saw, uh, you can read one of the stories or one of the sources read that 
while she was prosecuting in court, it said that everybody in that courtroom could see the love he felt for that little girl, even then, when this is well before they adopted them. But he said that he was so patient. He was giving her Kleenex. They said that you could see the love in his eyes for this little girl. I love it. Like, it's just so sweet. And Danny, if he's paralyzed, I mean, that's a really big commitment that they made as well. Mm-hmm. They, I did see that from what I could find, the kids adjusted well. They had their happily ever after, which they freaking deserve. Danny is confined to a wheelchair. But other than that, you know, they did adjust well. They did have one more scare. On July 11th, 1987, Diane Downs escaped from the Oregon Women's Correctional Center in Salem. She climbed two 18-foot fences that surrounded the prison. Now, at the top of these fences, there not only was it 18 feet, both of them had barbed wire at the top. So it was said that she just wore multiple layers of clothes and she would shed one, throw it over the barbed wire, and then climb over. Once she got on the outside of both fences, she hid under a pickup truck for a few minutes before walking away. Um, I feel like that's not supposed to happen. Uh, mm -mm. They were terrified that she was going to come after her children. Um, I did read that the prosecutor, Hughie, he actually, he stayed up in a rocking chair with a shotgun. Just oh, he was waiting. not messing around. He was he like, was instant dad. Um, she was found ten days later, and she was just chilling a couple blocks away from the prison. Why? She was found uh, when just to okay, this woman's stupid. She was found after FBI agents found a notepad in her cell. And they used computers to enhance the indentations from where there was writing on it. And they discovered a map that was drawn. And they literally just followed it to her. She was taken back um, into custody with four men that police found in the house who were charged with hindering prosecution. I love her stupidity. It's so stupid. Should have taken the notebook. Did, Did she like, come back pregnant? No. Thank God. Luckily. Thank God she has only ever had the, from from what I found, she's only had the four children, uh, the five pregnancies total. And I also just want to add that she was so, what, precarious about her image and the way that she looked. She looks horrible in jail. Yeah, I was going to say that mugshot, she looks completely different. She looks like an old hag. And I'm okay saying that. Because she's yeah. an old hag. She's something else. But that is the story of Diane Downer. Oh, I see you changing that up. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I have a fun story if you want to get your mind off of that. Thank God. Please tell me a story. Okay. It's been a minute since I've done one of these. And I kind of needed a change of pace. We've done a lot of cryptids and we've done a lot of hauntings. I, we love our cryptids. Like, we love our cryptids, right? Are you doing a possession? No. Oh, fuck. Well, don't sound so upset. Sorry. Okay. Because well, what else is it? It's not a haunting, not a possession, not a cryptid. It's a paranormal game. 
Oh, oh, it's been so long. Okay. It's Tell been all a about while. It. It's been a hot minute. So we're going to talk about a paranormal game today. I did get the inspiration from for the game because I was flipping through from this cute little book that I have that's called Dangerous Games to Play in the Dark by Lucia Peters. And I just happened to open up to this page and went, that one wins. Love it. So okay. when you were a kid, did you play Red Light, Green Light? Oh, yeah. I love Red Light, Green Light. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. This is the deadly version of Red Light, Green Light. This is called Daruma-san or the bath game. The bath game? Yes. So, in essence, you're going to summon the spirit of a woman. Some people say that her name is Daruma-san. And I might be saying that wrong, but that's how I'm saying it because I keep thinking to pronounce it in a Hispanic or Spanish format. Game originated in, um, in an Asian... Korean, China, somewhere back there. So some course, uh, some sources claim that a Daruma is a doll used for good luck. And I did actually read a little bit about the dolls and it was fun to read about, but they have nothing to do with the story. So I'm not, I'm not going to get into it. But once summoned, you become it and Daruma-san will be trying to get you. I don't like no. this. Once you summon her? You summon her and then she's trying to get you. Okay, cool. Let's just go our separate ways, man. <laughs> well, that's not how it works. Oh. So here are the steps to play. You might see that some websites break this down into like less than 10 steps. I've got like 30 steps here for you. Okay. I'm here for lot, it. Let's go. Right. So first of all, before bedtime, you need to take a bath. You have to have a bathtub available. It can't be like a standing shower. It has to be a bathtub. Okay. Um, and it must be done before midnight. Okay. I mean, I would hope. Why, why are you taking a shower? Before? I don't know. Maybe you live your life. Maybe you work. Live like your it. life. It's fine. So to set up, you fill the tub with water. You undress, turn off all the lights, and then you get into the bath. So you're bathing in the dark. You're going to sit in the bath facing the faucet and tap. Okay. It sounds pretty normal except for the dark part. Oh, well, we're getting it out, out of the normal right now. Okay. So you sit in your bath. And you close your eyes. Now, keep your freaking eyes closed until you wake up the next morning. Now, That's you're not falling asleep in the bathtub, but you're going to keep your eyes closed. Okay. Close your eyes and you're going to start washing your hair. And while you do this, you're going to repeat the words, Daruma-san fell down. Daruma-san fell down. Just over and over. And you'll do this until you finish washing your hair. Again, keep your eyes closed. Now, if you don't do this correctly, oh, I'm sorry. If you do this correctly, you will get the mental image in your mind's eye of a woman falling over in a bathtub onto a tap, gouging her right eye out. Oh, that's your reward for doing this correctly? I don't know that this is really a reward-based game. Okay. It doesn't sound like it. Now, when you get this in your mind, so you've got like your mind's eye seeing this nonsense, you may start to hear noises behind you or feel unnatural movement in the water that is not you. Again, your eyes are closed and you have to keep them closed. Don't move when you feel the movement. Do not open your eyes. Instead, ask out loud, why did you fall in the bathtub? Now, some say to wait a moment before you move. Others say, after you ask, get the hell out. But either way, you're going to ask this question. Why did you fall in the bathtub? After you've asked, you get up 
keeping your eyes closed and you get out of the bathtub. Pro tip, put some towels down on the floor so that you don't slip and hurt yourself when getting out of the bathtub with your eyes closed. Good idea. Now, I'm glad you're here for us. Yeah, I got you. You're going to leave the water in the bathtub. You're not going to drain it. You're not going to do anything. You're going to immediately exit the bathroom. Make sure you close the door behind you. Some sources say at this point that you can open your eyes. However, other sources you can't. So maybe play it safe and just keep your eyes closed. Okay. God, now I got to walk through my house with my eyes closed too. <laughs> this game is dangerous for so many other reasons other so than Mr. Roomba. Reasons. Mr. Roomba, ma'am. Here's the thing is I 1000% would stub my toe and my eyes could be open. It's just dark and I can't see shit. So I'm not playing this game, but point is you, um, you don't turn on any lights either. So lights are not allowed still like light. The whole house, the whole house. This is okay. Now you get to go to bed. Now, some sources say that you must go to bed, how you started the game or how you exited the bathtub, which means that you can't dry off. You can't get dressed. You just go lay in your bed. Absolutely not that is disgusting i can't i'm so uncomfortable i listen it's not my rules it's just the rules okay so i have to watch a woman die in my mind's eye and then get in bed and make a soggy burrito out of myself yes that's disgusting tell me more okay now the game officially starts in the morning when you open your eyes the next morning so you lay down, you go to bed, you're going to open your eyes at some point in the morning, right? Okay, so all of this is just like the pre, pre-game. This is... this is the ritual to basically evoke the game to start. Okay. Okay. And you're going to just start your day and go start going about normally what you would do. You will feel like you're being watched and followed because you are being watched and followed. But I, I, I'm at least clothed at this point, right? Yeah, you can get clothed at this point. Okay. But the moment your eyes open, the game starts. So if you're sleeping nude, you know. So you just immediately feel people watching you get dressed and changing your sheets. I guess so, yeah. Ew. Now, if you happen to glance over your right shoulder, you might see a glimpse of a woman with long, matted, tangled, messy black hair and one eye. And one eye? Yeah, because she gouged one out when she fell on the bathtub. Now, you don't want to let this woman catch you. So often what you'll see is you'll turn to see her and she'll hide before you actually see her. So she's she's currently trying to get to you and you're trying to stop her, right? So she's like the ghosts in Mario. I have like no the idea. way back Mario where like when you look at them, they don't move. But as soon as you turn around, they chase you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Now, you don't want to let her catch you. It's no, no bueno, okay? This is where the red light, green light really starts to come into play. So start practicing if you're going to play, red, or if you're going to play Daruma-san. Start practicing. I'm 100% not, but still tell me what happens so I can, like, cement that. <clears throat> okay, well, throughout the day, if you notice her getting too close to you, you can yell, Tomare, which means stop. Okay. Yeah. Don't overuse this word because it basically loses its power the more you use it. So you better get real, real good at this game. What the hell? 
Yeah. So to end the game, you have to capture this woman in your gaze. So you have to see all of her. And you have to look over your right shoulder, find her. And when you do, you need to say, Kita, which means I cut you loose, and also make a little karate chop motion like you're chopping her loose. So, but while I'm doing this, she's still trying to not be seen by me, right? Right. But if you can see her, you've got to do it quick. So if you like turn over your right shoulder, see her quickly turn, you make eye contact, you see her, Kita, done. Oh, God. So I'm basically just going to be like, Kita, all day, just like whipping the head and. No. Oh, God. Because. So when you say this, oh, sorry. If you've done it correctly, you win and the game ends, right? If you do it incorrectly, you better run like hell. Because if she knows or thinks that you're trying to end the game, she will up her game and hide. What? Run where? Run. I don't know. Just run. Oh um, now you have to have her in sight to end the game. So it can't just be like, oh, I saw a glimpse of her hair and then Kita. It d- doesn't work that way. Full. Head to toe, you have to see her, and you got a Kita. Okay, Kita that shit. And you also have to complete the game before midnight. Or, or what? If you don't complete the game before midnight, you lose, and she will be able to invade your dreams, kill you, or even possibly possess you. Oh. So, this just, sticks here. This just does not sound like a fun game to me. Listen, none of these games sound fun to me. But even compared to the last, you know, to the rest of them, this one just feels like all risk, no reward. Right. there, And there is no reward. But what's the point? This isn't a game then. This is just like torturing yourself. Yeah, I don't know. It's also advised that you only play this once. <laughs> okay. Done. If you're gonna play, only play it once because every time you play Daruma-san, Daruma-san will start where she was last time, which means that if she was a foot away from you, she will start a foot away from you. And you're not gonna have time to skitter away. As if I needed a reason to not take a bath, because you know, I just hate baths. Okay, it's they're gross. They're not relaxing to me. To each their own. But to me, it's like I'm swimming in a sweat soup. Okay? Yes. This is just a whole nother reason for me to not take a bath. I'm just here telling you how to play the game. I'm not telling you to enjoy it. <laughs> I don't think I will. Okay. Now I've got a couple pro tips for you if you are going to play. So I've already said one of them. Put those towels down on the floor so that when you get out of the bathtub with your eyes closed, you don't flip and hurt yourself. Okay. That was a good idea. So give me some more. <laughs> um, also, Daruma-san, she likes dark places and places with running water. So maybe avoid those areas. Just don't go there because it's higher risk for but you. Just don't ever pee again in my life if you play this game. Sure. Or maybe, well, you know, we've got that stream out in the backyard. I so. just said running water and you went to pee, so. I have to pee. Okay. You know, we I'm just sorry. had a break. You could have gotten peed. Yeah, no, but when you have a kid, their pee takes priority, apparently. No one tells you that before you have them. Well, apparently this game also <laughs> takes priority over your peeing as well. So. 
I just thought of like the toilet when you flush it and then the water when you rush wash your hands. I don't necessarily think that's what it means by running water. I think it means like streams, rivers. Oh, cool. Don't go outside. Check. Yeah, just check. But maybe it does mean taps, faucets, sinks. I don't know. I've never played. I'm not an expert, but I just know she likes mm -hmm. places with running water. Also, try to keep company around you that day. Just don't be alone for too much of the day because that company might help you hear some things. Now, Daruma-san will not present herself to your company, but she's trying to get you and the likelihood that she's going to attack with someone there is slim to none, you know? I like seeing shit out of the corner of my eyes now. Oh, but okay. mainly, if you have a friend that is willing to sit there through this for you, basically wait for you to die or not die, that's that a friend. Good friend. That is yes. a good friend. Okay. That's a good-ass friend. Yes. Um, also, I've already mentioned this, but Tamare, to tell her to stop so that you can like get some distance between you guys, that should be used as a last-ditch effort. I did mention that, right? Uh, you mentioned that the more you use it, the weaker it becomes. So, yes. Okay, yes. Basically. So, when you say Tamare, you're able to kind of get that space between you guys. Um, so, it should be used as a last-ditch effort. And also... The longer you play, the stronger she gets. So maybe just like open your eyes and key to that shit right away. That sounds like a great idea. Or never close your eyes in a bathtub to begin with. Or just take showers. Yep, there it is. That's what I'm landing. No more oars. That's the one. Gotcha. I gotcha. So that's that's the essence of the game. Um, surprisingly, I struggled to find Reddit stories about, or any stories about this, but I did find a few. Okay. Tell so me now before I get rid of my bathtub. Okay. Yeah. So the first one is by a Reddit user called Crooked Soul. This user stated that they decided to play the bathtub game. They followed the ritual. They saw the image of a lady washing her long, dark hair in their mind's eye. And the woman suddenly slipped and the faucet of her tub went into her eye. And they said it was like a movie when this happened to the woman. So like envision that like in your mind's eye, there's a movie playing and this woman turns towards what would be the camera and blood is just pouring from this woman's eye. This should be a movie. Please don't. Uh, the poster stated that they immediately felt the temperature around them drop and they felt like someone was staring at the back of their neck. They were freaked out, but they did finish the ritual. They kept their eyes closed. They did what they needed to. The next day, this specific poster went shopping with their mom. But the entire time, they're like, I feel like I'm being followed. Something's going on. Um, her and her, or th them and their mom. I don't know if it was a boy, girl, whatever. Them and their mom, they split up for some time. And this poster goes to, to a store. And goes into a dressing room and they feel a presence behind them. And they were like, there's no way it was a human. There's just no way. And so they gaze over their right shoulder as slyly as they can. And they see Daruma-san. They did the ending ritual with the karate chop motion yelling Kita. And for this user, the ritual ended and they were safe. But they did not recommend playing this game. You had to play it to tell me that? They were like, please don't play this game. It was awful. Like, so stressful. Like, all of that. So, they didn't recommend playing. So, zero out of ten for that one. Okay. But they went on. They lived fine. Whatever. Good. Okay. Glad to hear it. 
The next poster is called Some Creepy Stuff. Starting off strong. This person played the game. They fulfilled the rules. They got the the mind-eye vision of the woman, much like the other. Um, And it was this brutal clip playing in their mind's eye. For them, they also made it a point to say that they heard calming music and bath bath sound effects when they were getting this, like, imagery in their head. Okay. But at the end of the vision, after the woman had fallen and gouged her eye out, um, all they could hear was this girl screaming for help. So, like, they're hearing all of this. The user finishes the summoning ritual. They're able to go to bed. Well, this user, unfortunately, has a habit of waking up in the middle of the night. And they open their eyes. Game starts when you open your eyes. Oh, no! So game starts regardless of time of day, and it's like 3.30-ish in the morning for this person. And they realize their mistake, and they are like, oh my god, I can't even go back to bed. The game has started. So they get up, they get dressed, and they just take off. They're like, I've got to I've got to go. I don't know, like, what am I supposed to do? And they could tell they were being followed by the girl from their vision. So they go to a friend's house. Basically, they ask his friend, hey, please drive me to a park so that I can run. I have open space. I can run as needed. She has less places to hide. Blah, 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 blah. This is a fucking friend right here because this friend, it's like four in the morning by the time this guy gets to his friend's house, right? And this friend is like, well, I can help you until eight in the morning and then I, I got to bounce, right? Now, okay. this user, there are, I mean, the, them and the friend are just working on evading Darumasan until 8 a.m. And this user realizes their mistake of waking up so early. They're exhausted. They end up calling into work, take the day off. They just rearrange everything. And in a fit of fear, this user around like 8 a.m., right? Because he's tired. He's exhausted. I don't even know if it's a heat. They, they're tired. They're exhausted. And they just like pray to God. They're like, please help me make it out of this game alive. I'm super scared. Blah, 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 blah. And I mean, they'd been evading this, this woman all morning. And the friend is sitting there just watching this guy praying to God, but listening for noises. Like this friend is literally like friend of the year. Like he's over there. Like, I know I can't see her, but I can hear things. And so he's like listening. And this friend hears something and he tells the poster, the original poster, and the poster turns and they see full body Darumasan. And they state that she looks scared and concerned, but he reacted quickly and he did the ending steps in the ritual and he ended the game. Nothing else. He was just stressed out and running all morning. He did. They did. I'm sorry. I keep saying he. They did do a cleansing ritual in their home afterwards as well. Probably a good idea. Right. Right. So that was the second one. Now this one, the last one, maybe not the best, but okay. So this user states, they make it clear that when they were 12, they were edgy. You know, like the edgy 12-year-olds, you know, Mm -hmm. they they were cool. Typical teenage nonsense. And they decide to play this game. They didn't do it right because they're 12 and dumb. Mm -hmm. Uh, They didn't leave the water in the tub. They they said they never saw Darumasan. But a few months after, they started having these very vivid nightmares of a lady with black hair and a torn white gown soaked in water with no face. With no... Oh. Yeah, with no face. And in the dreams, she was led weird places by this this dream figure. 
And this woman in her dreams would choke her and just really just torment her. And at the time, the poster just thought these were nightmares due to stress. And so they kind of were like, whatever, like, whatever, I'm stressed, no big deal. Whatever stressors 12-year-old has, you know? Which I'm not saying 12-year-olds can't be stressed. I'm just saying whatever stressors they were having. Yeah, it's a different time. So God only knows what's stressing them now. Right. One day in summer, they kind of start noticing some odd behaviors. They make it very, like, they make a point to say they're walking their dog. And a woman that was also walking their dog was, like, just gawking at her, basically. But she doesn't know why. So, or the poster doesn't know why. And so, this poster, they, they cross the road, don't think anything of it. They go home and they're sitting on their front porch. When from across the street, they see a woman standing behind a tree. And she, the poster realizes this is the woman in her, their dreams. But now they can make out their face. Also, I don't think I said what this um, poster's was. This was Nona Mabella. Anyway, sorry. Um, so this, the poster sees this woman from behind a tree across the street, right? And you did say uh, this is like real life, right? Like she's not yeah. dreaming this, this happened. Right. So she's seeing this in real life. And this time she can kind of make out her face and she's, or the poster can make out their face. You can see that the poster or the figure moves their hair away from their eye just to stare at the original poster. And like any sensible person, they were like, nope. And they headed right inside. So freaked out. There you go. Okay. Now the dreams continued and they started to involve water and more strange figures. Oh no, she likes water. And the original poster stated that they didn't feel like they were dreams, but they felt like when they went to bed, they would just go into another universe or another dimension. So they, they felt so real to the poster. Almost like she was, uh, oh God, what do you call it when you, you're dreaming? Um, uh, lucid dreaming? Oh, I was going to say astral projecting. I don't know. Lucid uh, well, dreaming I think they go hand in hand. Um, yes. So they basically said they felt like they were basically still awake, but in this other dimension or universe. The poster's family would end up moving away, get a new home, it gets cleansed, blah, blah, blah. And in the new home, they have a dream about Dar Umasan. And in this dream, the poster was dragged down a dark hall and shoved into a bathtub. And they recall that bathtub being white and vintage looking. It had black vines growing in it and was filled with water. And Dar Umasan would shove the poster's head underwater and then come back up and then shove it underwater again. And this happened several times. And the whole time Dar Umasan is calling the poster pathetic and Dar Umasan saying that, oh, I won, like you've lost, I've won. And the poster stated that they fought Darumasan in the dream. And this is the only time in that dream that they had ever fought off this, this creature. And the last thing they remember from the dream was them shooting up from the water. From what I can find, they have not seen Darumasan since, but they still have that feeling that Darumasan lurks nearby waiting for the right moment to strike. The, this poster ends their post by stating the game ruined their life and begs others not to play. Now, out of curiosity for this poster, I looked a little closer at their Reddit. And honestly, it was kind of weird because there's nothing remotely paranormal that I could see. And I only glanced briefly. But there was nothing really paranormal that they talked about. Like, they asked questions. They talked about video games. They talked about some other stuff like that. 
but they weren't like constantly talking about these different rituals or things like that they were just like yeah this happened to me and then moved on to the next topic whereas the other the other two reddit stories they seem to have more of the creepy ritual game games posted or just weird paranormal things posted on their reddit i don't like that at all like in their situ in the last poster situation when when they said that Darumasan told them you lost i won like is there even is there even a coming back from that like is there a way for you to like what was the karate chop word chick chick Kita, not Kita. Uh, Chiquita. It was a banana. No. Chiquita. <laughs> banana <laughs> that. At that point where she was just straight up like, no, you lose. Can you even. Kita? Oh, I scrolled through the comments and some people recommended that the poster play the game again, like to do the whole ritual again, blah, 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 so that they could do like the Kita. Others said, don't do the ritual, but next time you see her, Kita. Like, just Kita, 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 right? I'm sorry. Why would you do the ritual again if she's already that close? That well, just feels I, like a bad idea. I think what the thought process behind that is, is that you have to redo the ritual, do it correctly, and you have okay. to basically play the game again in order for it to end because at this point she has daruma-san has the power over you and you're not going to be able to just kita um whereas other people said well why don't you try next time you see daruma-san to do a kita and see if that kind of cuts you loose so no one no one knows no one like there was no instructions on an undo there was no control z was there any follow-up on that post that i could find so that was posted three years ago, three years ago, and I didn't see anything else. Like I said, when I scrolled through, because I was looking for an update, and that's how I ended up scrolling through, I, I couldn't find one. But there, the poster has posted as recently as like two months ago. So, well, that's rude. I need to know if you're okay. Hopefully they are, because they're still posting, but they said mm -hmm. they hadn't seen Darumasan since, since that last stream that they had. Maybe she got bored with him. Because it didn't sound like it was up to her. Well, like what the poster said, though, is she's, uh, they said that they felt like Darumasan was still waiting, lurking, waiting for like the next available time to strike, basically. So. Okay, they, I don't care how old they are, 12, 13, 14, get married and never leave that person. Ever. 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 Like, pee together do everything together it doesn't matter mm -hmm. yeah share a toothbrush if you have to I, no, whatever no, it is it. still get separate toothbrushes like that just sounds gross yeah but. just share toothpaste the two not like don't rub your toothbrushes together you, you know what i mean okay I, I get what you mean i think everyone gets what you mean but that is the bathtub game or the bath game well i hated that I, I didn't say I enjoyed it, but I'm telling you that's not a game I'm going to play. Yeah, no, I'll, I already hated baths and now I just hate them even more. Okay, so we're never taking a bath again. We're still hygienic. We'll still shower. Oh, that's yeah, the solution. I will, I will shower all day long. All right. Well, do you have anything else you want to add? Anything? 
comments, anything else? Yes, uh, love your children and don't play bath games. Yeah, don't play Darumasan and for the love of God, if you're going to have children, please love and care for them. Yeah. Just All right, play well, regular bath games. Like, you know, give them a rubber ducky and stuff. Yeah, like don't do weird bath games. That's it's a very fine. easy rule. Well, thank you all for listening to Hell on Heels podcast. To see pictures from this episode, you can follow us on Instagram at Hell on Heels podcast, Twitter at Hell on Heels pod, Facebook, Linktree are both Hell on Heels podcast. If you want to support us, please like, review, rate, share, and subscribe on your preferred listening platforms. If you want to take your support one step further so we can create more content for you, you can donate through Patreon, where we're working to release specials for our patrons. If you have your own true crime or paranormal story suggestions or just words of encouragement, please email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to tell your friends to listen with you as well. Uh, this has been Hell on Heels Podcast. Bye. Bye.